AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Mark O'Neill. Mark is the CTO of Kimi. Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, it's great to be here. So let's start. A little bit of background of yourself, how you got involved in technology, what's been your journey that's that's brought you to, to your role here in Kimi. So, you know, I got my uh, got my start. I went to engineering school, um, got a degree in computer hardware because uh, I wanted to go out and, and build computers. I had kind of an interest in robotics. Um, you know, I'd always been a tinkerer. Um, I graduated and then was seduced by software because you didn't have to work in a glass box in the suburbs. You could live in the city. The pay was a little bit better. Um, and so then I worked a series of jobs. I started first um, doing uh, custom search engine work in C and then, you know, started doing some intranet work, did some consulting work. Um, and then I thought I wanted to get into something that was, you know, a company that was really growing that I could, that I could build with. And so uh, I joined Thrillist really early on, just a media company, um, kind of a, a city guide for guys. Um, started as developer zero there and grew that up to, you know, a 50-person engineering team and uh, about $100 million in revenue. Um, along the way, we bought a commerce company called, uh, called Jack Threads, and so that got me into e-commerce. Um, and there we, you know, we built the, our own uh, tech stack from the ground up, uh, got to build inventory control systems, got to understand financial, uh, financial systems, um, and also just you know, the mechanics of building great customer experiences. Uh, kind of got a little bit addicted to the, uh, the e-commerce funnel figuring out how to build a great experience for the, uh, for the end user. Um, so did that for, uh, for the better part of a decade, selling streetwear to, to poor guys. Um, then jumped over and went to M.M. Lafleur, where I was selling uh, dresses to rich women. Um, bit, of a, bit of a different experience there. And then uh, when I was looking around for what I was going to do next, that's when Kimi came across my radar. Um, and I found uh, the challenges here to be really interesting. It got me back to my robotics roots. Um, had a uh, it was a company that was had solved a lot of hard challenges and was really ready to scale, and it just seemed like the the right opportunity for me to to come on board and uh, try my hand at it. Thank you for the overview. Really interesting journey to to your point here. Um, for our listeners who are, are not familiar with Kiwi, maybe just uh, some of our global audience, can you give us a, a high level of who Kiwi are, what you guys are doing, uh, and then leading into your role as CTO? Yeah. Um, we, we, I like to say we open doors for people. Like, it's literally what we do. Uh, so we, you know, our, our primary um, product is a, uh, is a kiosk that we manufacture that stands in thousands of retail stores across America that duplicates keys. So a customer comes up, puts their key in, and we can, you know, we have a robot inside that uh, leverages some AI to identify your key and then to cut you a copy right there and deliver it to you. Um, we've expanded beyond that, you know, to we can we can save your key so if you lose the key later you can come back and we'll just print you a new one um, but we can also duplicate you know the the badge that gets you into your office uh, you know we can turn that into um, just a little thing that looks like a key that we can drop to you right there or we can we can mail you a sticker that goes on your iPhone and then you don't need to carry that card anymore 
Um, and then, uh, you know, we also do car keys. So, you know, keys that car keys have gotten increasingly complex uh, in recent years. So we can't duplicate every car key right there in the, in the kiosk, but we have this, you know, infinite selection of, uh, of keys that we can cut here in our office and we can mail to you in a couple of days. I mean, that's a lot cheaper than going through the, the dealership. So um, that's, been, that's been a ton of fun. So that's, uh, that's the primary model. Um, but we've also, you know, from the dawn of Kimi, uh, people would, there's a phone number on the kiosk. And so people would call that phone number and say, help, I'm locked out of my house. And we'd be like, okay, well, uh, have you saved your key with, with Kimi? And they'd say, what are you talking about? I just found this number online. Um, and because we were founded by engineers, we'd say, okay, goodbye. Um, so at some point we realized, wait, there's value in that, that, that information. And so that sort of caused us to build this new services business. Um, and so over the last year and a half, we've been really you know, starting to, to figure out how we route locksmiths out to help customers um, who have you know, lost their keys, uh, who are locked at their house. Um, and, you know, the experiences that, that I've had, times I've locked myself out uh, prior to, to being a Kimi, have been one where someone shows up, drills my lockout, and then asks for $400 in cash. Um, you know, that's not a great experience for me. And so what we can offer is, you know, sort of uh, reliability, a brand you can trust. And uh, on the locksmith side, it's really good for them just because they know that they're going to get paid if they go out to do this job, which is something that, that they don't always have. Um, and so we're now growing these two, uh, these two business models. Um, you know, the, the services uh, part is very new, but looks set to, to even eventually eclipse the, the value that we're bringing from the, um, from the kiosk. Yeah, I think for anyone who's, who's not familiar with Keep Me, I'm sure they're listening to this going, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, because there's absolutely a market for it. Um, so now focusing on, on the engineering aspect that, that drives Keep Me, both on the hardware and software, can you tell us a little bit about what your engineering team does and your role as CTO? What are you driving from the, the operational standpoint? <laughs> we, we like to think that we, we're the kind of team that embraces the challenge, right? Um, and we've, we've done the hard thing. Like we've, it's incredibly hard to build a robot that will look at a key and then copy one that is exactly like it. And we've done it. And we made one of them. And then we made 10 of them. And then 100. And when I came on, we had over 1,000 of them. Uh, and now we have thousands of them uh, across the, uh, the U.S. And that's continuing to grow. So we're in a, a, a scaling mode right now trying to deal with, you know, we get a lot of information about ways in which our kiosks are performing. And we want to make it really easy to manage that fleet. So as CTO, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about how do we make this, um, how do we make a very complex thing seem very easy so that we don't have to, you know, scale headcount linearly with, uh, with kiosks? Um, and how can, we, uh, how can we continue to innovate as we're rolling out new product? Um, so the engineers themselves are focusing on challenges of, um, you know, how do we, we make things uh, better and more accurate? How are we developing the next generation of kiosks that's going to, um, you know, offer more features, that's going to be more reliable, that's going to be cheaper to manufacture, um, you know, and building out the new services so that we can offer a better and better experience to our customer on the, the services side of the business. These are all the challenges that we have. Um, we get a lot of feedback from the field, and so we have lots of, you know, the, the, the great the interesting thing, I think it makes hardware exciting, is that um, it's a physical thing out in the world. And so it can fail in strange ways. It can react a little bit differently. If it gets hot, it does one thing. If it gets cold, it does another thing. And so, uh, you know, we have a lot of really sometimes ill-defined and interesting challenges that we need to, to tackle to try and figure out how do we corral all this information into an action that we can take. Um, and that's one of the reasons that, you know, that we've been focusing on bringing in, uh, you know, machine learning into our stack is figuring out how we can tackle some of those those really hard problems, both by analyzing the data that's coming in and then building solutions that allow us to, to react to what's going on. 
Yeah, look, it's it's exciting to hear about how you, you're combining the, the problem solving in both hardware and software. We're in your amazing office here. We see a huge floor full of engineers. Can, can you give us some insight into, you know, what it's like to be on the, the analytics and, and engineering side of the business, what type of problems they're working on and, and what excites them about working here? Yeah, uh, so I think you know what there's there's a huge range of, of projects that we uh, that we're tackling. We constantly are getting feedback from the field and trying to figure out um, what can we do to, to solve these individual problems. Um, some of the things that we're uh, that we're tackling, um, you know, look, we're we're constantly trying to create a better version of the kiosk, and with each generation that goes out, that kiosk is much better than the previous generation in, in a bunch of ways. Hopefully, for doing your jobs well. Um, but what that what that means then is that we want to uh, to use technology to try to bridge the gap between the previous generations and the current generation. Just a fact of hardware is that you know with with software you can roll out a fix and you know all of your your uh, functionality is improved. With hardware, you're shackled to the decisions that you made you know a year ago, two years ago, when you were a less informed version of yourself. And so uh, you know we're we're using technology to try and figure out what's going on. One of the things that, uh, that we've been doing most recently uh, inside the machine learning team that's really exciting is we've been predicting um, when sensors are likely to fail. So we can look at certain behavior and try to say, okay, this it seems like we're, we're going to have a failure here. And so we can then, you know, uh, we can, we're building a system so that we can let the servicers know they need to go out and replace that sensor or improve that system so that we can offer a better experience fleet-wide. And so um, those are the kinds of challenges that we're using. I mean, we're, we're using the same technology that powers autonomous vehicles to, you know, we're, we're basically we're looking at the environment around us and then we are making decisions based on what we know about the, the likely, you know, meaning is from this input that's coming in. Um, and so we're using that to, to, do, to, to solve a bunch of problems. Um, additionally, you know, we're, we're trying to track what's happening inside the kiosk. So um, we built a whole system that allows us to, uh, to track all of our inventory from way up our supply chain to the point that it makes it out in the field. So we can have all the data that we need in order to get to, um, you know, a, a, an understanding of when things are likely to break, when things are likely to fail. So we're trying to, you know, to always um, get additional data. And I think that's one of the things that, that we look for. Uh, I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, but one of the things that we look for in um, in people that are going to join Kimi is just we're looking for creative problem solvers. We're looking for people who are saying, okay, well, um, I'm trying to solve this problem. I don't have the data that I need to solve this problem. So let's invent something to go get that data. And then we'll use that to, to solve this problem. And I think, you know, the thing about having these big complex systems that we get to work on is that uh, it allows us to build a bunch of different pieces of tech that then in concert can uh, can solve, you know, what at, at first blush seems like a very simple problem. Um, and so that's that's the kind of stuff that I think makes makes working here really exciting is the you know, the massive surface area of the problem that we're trying to tackle all the way from, um, you know, are we choosing the right path to have to go and copy this key to is this the right, you know, uh, question that we want to show to the user on the front of the kiosk to, you know, what's happening, what's the locksmith seeing when he's on his way out to, to solve some problem for the customer out in the field. And so because of that, um, you know, we're able to deploy technology in, in um, a bunch of different ways. The, the services, um, business that we're building, you know, one of the challenges that we have is uh, we want to be really clear with the customer about how much a job is going to cost. Um, and we, 
we don't always know exactly. The customer describes it to us over the phone, but we can't always know with certainty. And so one of the, the additional applications that we're looking at for, for leveraging vision and machine learning is uh, to have the customer or the locksmith start to upload photos of the lock they're trying to do, of the problem we're trying to solve, and can we then leverage our own internal knowledge to make a more accurate prediction about, oh, that's actually a really expensive lock, that's gonna cost more money, you know, what can we what can we do so we can be upfront with the customer and offer a really clear experience around price, because that's one of the important things for our, our brand. So not only are you solving the, the one of the biggest problems is the, the obvious one where people lose keys, but it's the second element of it is the traditional services of locksmith you're presenting what is a quite an elegant solution but more fit for purpose and what people want um i think what would be great now to speak about is the journey the company's been on and, and the, the level of success you've had you know like a lot of startups it's it's growth and investment but you guys have, have been growing consistently and also you know been doing really well in the marketplace so it'd be good to sort of speak on that a little bit and then talk about what's next because mm -hmm. clearly this is a product that should be in every every city, every town across the world, not just in North America. So there's a lot, a long way to go still. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we, we there's there's tons of opportunity uh, uh, here in the U.S. Um, and you know, but the nice thing about uh, our technology and just working with keys is that your addressable market is huge. Everybody uses keys. Um, you know, and so uh, whether whether they're they're in North America or or elsewhere, so there's a lot of fun expansion there. Um, I mean, in terms of where we come from, you know, we the company's been around for uh, about six or seven years. Um, and, uh, you know, originally they were trying to solve just the one problem of how do we make a kiosk that uh, that works. And so we were very focused on the kiosk and the kiosk being king. We've uh, we've now gotten to a point, you know, as we as we develop this technology, as you put down the kiosks, um, the kiosks will perform at a pretty predictable rate um, in terms of just, you know, the, the dollars per day that they're generating. Um, and so as the fleet grows, that creates a lot of opportunity. You know, I'm really proud to say that, that last year we achieved profitability. Um, you know, this is coming from a guy who spent most of his career setting rich investors money on fire uh, to, you know, to try and build different things. So to, to have um, to, to be making money as well as making great technology is uh, is really rewarding to, to me. Um, and then as we continue to grow the fleet, that continually creates more opportunity. And so, you know, as we're crossing into, you know, last year we sort of, we got the profitability, the fleet continued to grow beyond that, that creates a bunch of opportunity. And so, um, you know, we're at a point now where we're, we're definitely in scaling mode and we're going to hire dozens of engineers this year to come on and sort of join the team and allow us to be even more focused on the kinds of things that we're doing as we uh, as we grow. It lets us solve more interesting problems um, and uh, and get to a place where, um, you know, the, the fleet just runs better and better. So then as we think about expanding beyond that, you know, I've already talked about uh, the services model um, a little bit, like we'll continue to, to invest there. But, you know, you think about, uh, we think about hitting a saturation point inside the United States. Um, there are, you know, a bunch of, you know, Canada to the North uses very similar keys. Um, but one of our investors is the biggest manufacturer of keys in Europe, and they, you know, they'd love to see us there, um, which means we get to develop a whole new type of robot to go out and uh, and cut, you know, keys that have a slightly different format. And so those things are, are that's the catnip to the engineers that, you know, that keeps us uh, really excited on, on the kinds of things that, that we want to build and really want to grow. Amazing. Um, so picking up on the points that you mentioned is focusing on the engineering side, uh, particularly the, the team that you've built and you're going to continue to build. What do you look for when when interviewing uh, candidates? What what's most important to you? Uh, not only just from a technical uh, background, but also the problem solving and the idea side that you mentioned earlier. 
Yeah, so you know, we we look, we definitely screen for technical proficiency. You know, for for most of the roles that we have, you know, there's 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 a homework section. We want to see sort of how you actually do things, but um, and what we're really trying to assess <clears throat> is uh, how do you think about systems? How do you how do you put things together? Um, because we want people that are you know, there's there's lots of different directions that we can go with this massive surface area that we have. So we're looking for people who are going to intelligently take. Uh, a complex problem and start to break it down into its composite boxes and then solve the boxes. And so um, a lot of the questions that we have in our interview process are designed to tease out that. How would you build this type of system? How would you engineer this type of system? We're looking for people um, who can be creative and use their resources because certainly, you know, we have, um, there's a lot of things that we want to do uh, and we have a limited amount of, uh, we may not always have the perfect data that we want in order to, to get there. So. Um, how can you? How are you being creative in order to, to figure out how to solve the problem that's in front of you? That's what we're, what we're hopefully uh, screening for as we as we narrow in on candidates. Exactly. Um, and then finally, with yourself, um, you're clearly enjoying your role here, and there's a lot more for you to do. So you, you know, like like many people, they're um, interested in what's next. Mm -hmm. What do you love most about your role here? Uh, well, it's awesome. I get to build, design, and run a fleet of robots. Like, how cool is that? Um, Very you know, I think it's it's really it's positive. We literally open doors for people. Uh, you know, when you, I think a lot of people are thinking about like, is what I'm doing with my career helping or hurting? Uh, and I like how accessible and straightforward it is. Um, you know, my mom even kind of understands what I do, sort of. Uh, you know, copying keys—that's a very accessible and understandable thing. Um, but I'm really excited about. Uh, you know, like I come from this this commerce background. I think I went on, I blathered a little bit about you know commerce being sort of broken. Um, you know, people today they want a um, you know they want everything right now, but they want to have an infinite selection and they want you to be able to to meet their needs. And I've been trying to do that for the last couple of places in, in my career. Um, but I think coming here, we now have a robot that's right next to you that can service your needs right now. But if you're like me, you're a Boston Red Sox fan, but you live in New York and you want a Red Sox key, we can mail that to you in a couple of days. Um, or if you have a problem right there, we can send a human out to, to meet you. So, you know, being able to couple uh, a very immediate way of buying a product with uh, a very large selection of products that we can sell and that human services component, that is a super stable commerce platform on which we can build a number of different commerce experiences. And having, you know, this fleet of sort of proximity robots that are right next to you uh, means that we can, you know, that's a very defensible mode on which we can build some really cool stuff. So, you know, I'm looking not just at all the things that we're doing with keys, but looking beyond keys to say, okay, well, what's what's the next thing that we can do there? And I think we can really, we're well set up because we've solved a lot of the hard problems. Uh, we're well set up to, to, to capitalize on that. So that's what I'm really excited about is sort of, you know, where do we go? Like I can, I know what the next two years looks like, but I'm really excited about what happens in five. Um, and so that's that's the you know I, I just see a ton of opportunity as we continue to grow and create more and more value that we can then funnel into more engineers to solve more interesting problems. You know, from my my perch in, in the CTO chair, uh, that's certainly what what gets me excited and has me coming in. As somebody who's coming from a, a hardware and robotics background, who's gone completely the other end into pure e-commerce software, you've now found yourself in a bit of a hybrid role. Mm -hmm. For people in academia who have an interest in hardware but may have the reservations around, okay, well, software is where where the, the money is. What advice could you offer them, you know, early on in their career to to fulfil their interest, but also help them be as best prepared as possible to enter the the commercial workforce? 
Well, I mean, one, I think on the on the the, the money piece, I think that's increasingly less true that there's a that there's a, a, a tiered system um, between aptitude engineering and, and hardware. You know, I think um, what we're moving into we're moving into this phase where uh, things that that were not possible are becoming possible. So if you look at AI, if you look at you know the devices that uh, that we're able to, to sort of the level of miniaturization that we're able to achieve now, um, I think what we're doing at, at Kimi is is a, a growth sector in the market as technology gets deeper and deeper into our lives. We'll be creating more little bits of hardware that will you know sit in our homes uh, that's coupled to you know an, an AI that's able to, to interact with us. Whether you're talking about Kimi, whether you're talking about Alexa, there's a bunch of different uh, different technology there. So um, I think for for people that are looking to um, to get out of academia and uh, and go tackle a, a problem, I think you know my advice to them is is do something that's exciting to you. You know, like when people ask me about my career, I say that I've uh, I've gotten to where I am today by doing what seems like a good idea at the time. Um, and so that's you know I don't know if that's great advice, but it's the it's the advice I give most often. And so you know if there's something that that excites you, there's a problem that's interesting to you, um, you know, go chase that. Um, because I think that's the thing that's going to make you satisfied to get up and, and go into work every day. Um, and the passion that you have for the problem that you're trying to solve shows. And so, you know, if you're, if you're constantly passionate about what you're doing, you have an unfair advantage against the people that are less passionate in that, that space. Um, and so, uh, you know, follow what, what gets you excited and, uh, and get out there and build something. Mark, thank you so much for your time. Really Thanks, man. This is fun. AI Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aldus advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all its members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldus member and get the Aldus advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.